0: Welcome back to episode five of the Top Button Podcast Signing Day Wrap-Up Edition. I'm Charlie Five, your host, and we are ready to recap this historic, historic recruiting class. Yes, it is. It is. And I'm going to explain why. Uh, This historic recruiting class, what it means for the future, uh, talk about one of the most important players of the class and talk about what's next it's going to be a blast uh but before we do that we want to give a shout out to someone who's even more excited than we are and that is ford our boy ford Stokes with active wealth management look ford's got a book that you guys got to check out okay um it's it's on annuity360.net he can give you a free copy that's the that's the site you go to give you a free copy i cheated i listened to it on audiobooks you can download it on audible uh as well um i read it. It's helping me and it'll help you safely grow your money as well. There's cool rules that it's got in it to invest by like the 4% rule, the rule of 100 or the rule of 72. I never knew any of those before I read this book. Uh, and like I said, I, I checked it out on audiobook. So if you, if you can't handle the hard copy stuff, you can get, you can listen to it on audio uh, as well. So visit annuity360.com uh, and check and and you can request the book ford will send it to you he'll autograph it for you write you a little war eagle note and everything uh great guy great um asset to have uh if you like to be active you like wealth and you like to have your wealth managed ford stokes is your guy uh and he's a huge auburn guy too so check him out active wealth management annuity360.net for the free book love it all right guys um this is not exaggerating. This is not. Um, this is not even really booging. This is just reality. Okay. We just signed uh, from top bottom the deepest class that, um, from a talent perspective, that Auburn has. I would say Auburn's ever had uh, in the modern recruiting rankings era. Now I'm sure there's probably some classes back in the '80s that people would be like, hey, you know, you don't know about these Pat Dye classes. And I'm sure that's the case. I don't have anything. I don't have any kind of type of rating system to go off of. I'm just saying in the modern era of rating players with stars, with player grade ratings from top to bottom, I don't think there's any class that we've ever had that is as deep as this one. Now we have had, you're going to say, oh, Charlie Five, uh, Gus did it several times. You know, we had some top five classes. Yes, we did. Gus finished a few times. um, I think maybe once at five, maybe twice at six, uh, depending on what uh, recruiting service you did uh, look at. But the difference in those classes and this class is those classes were, there was one in particular, I think in 2011, we signed close to 30 dudes. Okay, so you had a lot of guys to spread the points around whatever to to get that that magical um, that magical number of. I think the way that a lot of teams, a lot of sites do is they take your top 17. So you got all these different players that you can pull from to put, you know, to put in your top 17 uh, and and pump your points up. But the average player rating, there's never been one. There's never been one like like this. I think, in, like I said, uh, let's see, I got some statistics. Um, in 2010, we had the sixth overall class, the sixth overall class. It was 14th when it comes to average player rating. So if you took the rating of every single player in the class and you averaged it up, we are 14th in the country. Okay, Sixth overall, 14th in the country. Uh, 2011, fifth overall, 10th in average player rating. 14th, 2014, sixth overall, 14th in average player rating. Uh probably the one the closest class that we've had that, that you can compare to this one is 2015. We had the eighth overall class and the seventh in average player rating. We finished, depending on what sites you look at, um seventh. Uh I know we're seventh on um two four-seven. I think we're seventh as well on on three. Rivals has a little bit of a different um rating system. I don't really, it's it's hard, it's really hard to um get a good idea because it's just stars. It's just stars. They don't do the the grade number in, uh like these other guys do. So we're um we're seventh overall. Here's the kicker: fourth in the country in average player rating. So you take every single player in our class, you take their grade, you add it up and you divide by the number of commits this is the most talented deep signing class that we have ever had in the history of Auburn okay um and th- and there's just no no if ands buts about it it just is it's um it's historic uh the very first full recruiting class for Hugh Freeze we knew that um That was his calling card. We knew that 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 was one of the things that I was excited about him about. I knew that recruiting is the lifeblood of a program in the SEC, and this is something that uh, Hugh Freeze absolutely thrives doing. He thrives in households. He thrives uh, bringing kids on visits, and he turned the tide uh, on the view of how I guess all like the the view of Auburn that's been that's been put out there over the last, you know, 4 or 5 years um of, you know, where we're not where we need to be as a program. You know, we're, you know, middle of the road SEC, we're a middle of the road to lower end of the road uh, SEC program. And I think he took that image and he sold something on the future. And he has turned a, I think he's turned a ton of heads uh, and kind of put everybody on notice that he's here to play. He's here to play. And this class had a little bit of everything. You had your longtime commits that um, that uh, you know, you signed, you, you committed early, like Amon Lane uh, who was our very first commit and never wavered. And we kept him uh, through through he committed actually, I think in the, in the Harson era. And stayed stayed committed throughout the whole time. You had the you had the uh, the, so just had your regular commits. You had your flips. You had your last minute additions with Amaris Williams, Uh, and really, if you really think about it, you only lost one guy that you could say arguably um, we didn't want to lose, and that's with Jaleus Solomon. So, like you brought in guys and you didn't lose them. You brought in guys. And you sold them, they were fired up, and and they didn't go anywhere. Um, there was a little bit of a scare uh, with Perry Thompson. Uh, I think a lot of that was probably manufactured, not necessarily by him. Uh, but But other than that, like, it wasn't even really – there wasn't even really a doubt. Like, you didn't go into signing day, like, thinking that you could possibly lose multiple recruits. What if you're Florida? What if we're Florida? You know, Florida started the weekend – uh, before the weekend, at you know, as a top five class, and they got absolutely pillaged, absolutely pillaged. Uh, one of us, one of uh, the uh, we're one of the culprits uh, of taking some of their uh, you know, top rated players. Um, and they end up in, I think, 15, 16. I think I saw one site that had them at 19. Like that, could, that's that there's no reason that's not on the table, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen uh, with this class. Um, they seem to buy in. They seem to be, uh, like, genuinely like each other, genuinely like to chirp back and forth and and, and recruit together. Um, just all, all around, man, um, almost every position group got a lot, lot better. A lot, lot better. Uh, wide receiver, DBs, linebackers, uh, defensive line, quarterback. Um, the only two classes – that the only two position groups that you probably feel like you left a little meat on the bone, I guess, would be um, the running back. We did not bring in a running back in this class. Really wasn't a necessity. Really was not a necessity. And there weren't just a ton of – I guess there really weren't just a ton of guys that we really caught traction with early outside of, you know, Jamarian Burnett who – really was not a huge fit uh i don't even re- end up know where he ended up signing feels like it seems like it was missouri but i don't know that for a hundred percent fact um so you had him you you kind of mutually parted ways there and there was really just no one else that you really felt like you had to have um you got jarquez hunter coming back uh more than likely he hasn't officially announced everybody kind of feels like that's going to happen you got damari austin who was before his injury was going, to, was having a breakout season, and he was running like an absolute maniac uh, in the Iron Bowl. He's going to be back. He's going to be even better. You got Jeremiah Cobb, who was the very few times that he got touches, like you saw how great that kid's going to be. Uh, and then you got Brian Batie coming back. So you got four dudes that can do all do different things, all be explosive. There was really just no reason to reach. Uh, on a running back, and now you have something to sell for 2025. Hey, we didn't take a running back last year. This is – but that's because we were uh, waiting on you, whoever that may be, Um, whoever that may be. Uh, So, running back, you obviously did not add there. And then offensive line, you know, dadgummit, I don't know why it seems like we're snake bit at offensive line, but you did add two very, very – talented offensive lineman and then you missed on honestly several targets this was one of the um, if you just look at the geographic region that we typically recruit I would say this is one of the weakest offensive line classes uh, that I can remember in recent memory I've done the numbers before on how many four and five star uh, targets there were uh, and there just weren't this is one of the lowest uh, in uh, maybe a decade. Like it, it was just a really, really low talent um, class, uh, a lower end on quantity of talent uh, in this class, in this area. I mean, we had to get our best offensive lineman from California. Uh, so that was, that was going against us. Offensive line recruitments are, are done super early. Like, that, those relationships are built super early. Those kids commit early and they, st- they stick for the most part. So, we were behind the eight ball there. I think you're going to see we've already got one offensive line commit for 2025. There's several irons in the fire there that you've had one whole year to kind of prepare yourself for 2025. I think you're going to see a lot different, a lot more movement there. Uh, moving. It's going to be a massive emphasis. You're probably taking at least five high school guys. Uh, so you add – but the guys that you do add, again, DeAndre Carter. I don't think people realize this, but modern-day high school that he goes to in California – that he went to in California is as – I mean, it's it's basically a low-level college program. They're one of the top programs uh, in, in the whole country as far as high school goes. Uh, and this guy started – on the offensive line for four years at that school. That is unheard of uh, at that school. Um, an interior, um, road grader, just smash-mouth uh, offensive lineman. Uh, he's going to be way, way uh, developed for um, a high school guy. This is just not your typical adding a you know 4A, 5A high school offensive lineman. This is almost – He's got a little bit to do with uh, reshaping his body, but that that sh- that could happen over summer. You know, that could happen over summer in the weight room, um, and he's going to be competing to be on the field early. Um, very happy, very very excited about him. Um, had to battle Texas, who. Texas in their own right Texas had an unbelievable class and they're going to be a recruiting force and they came after him hard uh and you battled and and you kept him again that was a theme that was a theme you you land top guys and then and you keep them you keep them and it wasn't like these were dudes again that nobody wanted these are guys everybody wanted uh but you battle and you keep them DeAndre Carter he's going to be a name that we're all going to to know very very soon uh cuz I think you know he met this year may be tough for him to get on the field but after this year uh he's going to be your he's going to be your anchor uh him along with uh Connor Lou that could be your anchors moving forward um at least one more year uh, he may at least get one year to play with Connor Lou but still um those guys are going to be household names uh and then Seth Willifred, uh relatively unknown a lot uh, as far as like didn't know a ton about him other than he just seemed to be our number one JUCO offensive tackle target. He just seemed to be the guy that – that's the one we wanted uh, from the beginning. Uh, he finally commits. And then it comes out, he's rated first-team All-American JUCO uh, at left tackle. Like, that's your number – that's your All-American JUCO tackle. Those those uh, rankings just r- were released, uh, like, within the last few days, Like you know, JUCO stats, JUCO football in general, there's just not a lot of publicity. There's not a lot of press on it. Uh, so you get him. He's 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 doesn't have a hasn't had a ton of eyes on him. Um, and you turn turns out you get a 6'6, 310-pound first team all-American JUCO tackle. I mean, that's got three years to play. That's that's another key. Like this, a, a JUCO, a guy that's got three years to play. Uh, you saw what happened with Isavian miller um who stepped into the lineup right away from juco this guy and honestly uh, Isavian Miller probably n- needed to ha- needed to have a-, a year of development but he came in he had success and he jumped in right away so you got Seth wilfred uh let's see what happens man uh he'll get in there he'll have a good at least he'll have a year to get adjusted uh, before you um you know before he's uh, like 100% needed, I think that's huge, man. An All-American JUCO offensive tackle uh, with three years to play and we don't have to play him right away. Like he can come in and he can work out. He can learn the playbook. He can ease in and not just be thrown to the fire. What does that like? What, how, what do I do with my hands? I don't know what to do with my hands. Like that's just not something that we're used to. Uh, that's not the kind of things that we're used to. We're used to uh, bandaid uh, and and bandaid offensive lines, essentially. That's what we've been used to for the past seems like a decade. And uh, hopefully that is uh, that is ending ending soon. I don't uh, another thing that I think not a lot of people know about, that I don't think can be said enough is, when you talk about um, the wide receiver class speaks for itself. I mean, and I want to talk about one in general in just a second, but the wide receiver class speaks for itself. Cam Coleman, consensus five-star, Perry Thompson, five-star, and then your two top 150 uh, wide receivers. And then, obviously, you're not going to stop recruiting Ryan Williams until it's over. But this linebacker class, holy cow, guys, it's 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 not only is it a, a class of highly rated guys, they're all already on campus and practicing. That's never that again. They're they're here and they're practicing. Um, you got you got Barber, who I I've, I've said I think he's going to be the the best player out of the group. Uh, that's that's here from Clay Chalkwell, state champion, made the play to win the state championship. Um, made the tackle uh, to to win the state championship. Uh, you got Demarcus Riddick, who they're like, this guy is all over the place. He's he's the fastest linebacker in the class in, in on the team right now, uh, and he's not even a, a really technically a real true freshman. Uh, he's going to get two springs essentially. He's going to get ball practice. He's going to get a spring, um, and then you got Joseph Phillips, who is an absolute beast. Uh, you got a 240 two hundred and forty pound freshman. Uh, that's that's going to be out there that can play edge. He can stand up. He's going through practice too. Like it's humble that that just doesn't happen. And and they they're not the only ones, but that's just the linebacker group in general. Uh, and then you still got hey, guess what? You still got Jemanta Waller that's coming in that's going to play a little bit of outside linebacker edge. Uh, super athletic guy. Um, I mean. I don't know that you can find a better uh, a better class out there uh, than that. It's just it's it's a uh, it's it's something special, um, and a lot of these guys are, are 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 getting in and getting on campus. The defensive line class, Malik Blockton, uh, four-star defensive uh, interior defensive lineman from from Montgomery Pike Road. He's already practicing. You know that's Marcus Harris's little brother. Um, it's just man. It seems like you got – it. you you went out and you found great talent, but you found a bunch of great kids. And, and and over half the class is going to enroll early. So over half the class is going to be here in January. There's a very few that are enrolling. Um, there's very, very few that are enrolling in summer. So you're getting a bunch of guys in, high talent, high caliber guys that are going to get a whole spring in a college weight room to, to kick off their college careers. That is huge. That's absolutely huge. So, um, no matter how the finish was, I understand that we felt like we had a shot at something incredibly special. Uh, you had four or five targets out there that you were fighting tooth and nail to get, um, and you ended up. You did get one of them. Uh, you did get Amaris Williams to successfully flip. Um, what a consolation prize to for a um, you know if you want to call the worst case scenario you only add one out of your four and five targets not so bad that you're that one is a top 40 recruit in the country <laughs> you know i'll take it you know i'll take it that guy that catapulted us uh from 10 to 7 yeah yeah that's you know if that's worst case scenario on signing day um sign me up every signing day uh for that i'll take that um but yeah it's uh it's 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 a special class um I know that – like I said, I know we thought we we possibly had a chance at, you know, like a K.J. Bolden and an L.J. McRae. And we did. We fought to the very, very end. I don't care what he says. He's, you know, oh, I knew three weeks ago I was going to Georgia. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Like, I don't know why why kids have to do that. Like, why L.J. McRae has to say, uh, oh, rock solid, uh, you know, stuff like that. Like, pff, rock solid, you're supposed to sign at 9 o'clock, bro. You're supposed to sign at 9 o'clock and then you didn't. Uh, why didn't you? Okay, I'll tell you why. Is because all, uh, Hugh Freeze was not giving up. The Tigers weren't giving up, and we gave them a lot to think about. And those—that's that—that's the kind of battles, and that's what you're going to have uh, when you're going after these top guys. You are going to have to literally battle until ink hits the paper. Uh, and and sometimes it's going to work, and sometimes it's not. Um, and uh, the consolation prize for today was we uh, we flipped a top forty recruit. If you're mad about that, uh, or if you're if you're upset about that, or if you feel like that's not good enough, um, I don't know that you're going to be, ever be able to be satisfied uh, when it comes to recruiting. So um, enjoy it, soak it in, gloat some. I mean, you're you got you have a top seven class in uh, the number four class in the country as uh, as it relates to uh, average player ranking. Like that's not just some bogus like stat to try to make yourself feel good. I mean that just means your class top to bottom uh is full of kid, high level kids. Like there's no filler filler bo- like filler bodies to just fill out a class. Like it's all dudes that that could play um uh from top to bottom. So uh really really fired up about today, really or yesterday, really fired up about how everything's played out it's been such a fun ride and i'm ready already to to get started uh on 2025 and we're going to dive into some of the people to to watch for uh in later episodes but um i just wanted to uh blow up as much bug out over this class uh because man we got something special this you you got better in so many so many areas um that uh, and i haven't even obviously haven't even talked about walker white and we'll talk about um how special I think Walker White's gonna be uh also in later episodes. But uh I wanna make a I wanna uh make a confession right now. Okay. Um I do have a confession. Um I lied. I lied to you guys. Um if those of you who listened to me uh on Locked on Auburn on Tuesdays, um I said that I've been asked multiple times about Perry Thompson. I've always said no worries whatsoever no worries he's he's solid and, and it turns out he was but i lied i was i was worried sick if i'm not gonna lie i was absolutely uh i'm just gonna come clean i was absolutely worried sick uh so much so that i had there were times where i had extreme doubts and honestly i was a little bit angry uh that uh the way things were playing out um uh, last night, uh, I'm sorry, the night before signing day, um, I sort of had an epiphany that I need to s- sack up, I guess, and, and uh, we need to show this guy, you know, instead of worrying, show this guy how much how much you, you appreciate him. I mean, Perry Thompson, Demarcus Riddick was first, uh, first one of the big flips. But Perry Thompson was the guy that I feel like really – showed that Hugh Freeze is here to play. He's here to play hardball, and he's not scared to battle it. Auburn's never gotten a guy out of Foley. I mean, we've never gotten a guy out of Foley. Maybe a, a higher-ranked kid out of Baldwin County has probably maybe never happened. I mean, you had, you've had you had guys like T.J. Yeldon flip on you. You've had D.J. Fluker, Julio Jones. Um, you just Baldwin County's just been sort of an uh, area that we've just been sort of – Snake bit. I guess Anthony Mix uh, from Bay Minette's probably one of the better players that we've ever gotten, but he was not, you know, incredibly highly rated. Um, to go into Foley and flip a longtime Alabama commit, um, not one that they wanted, were okay with, with, with you flipping at, at all. One that they threw everything. You can imagine – I cannot imagine the pressure and and the – like I cannot imagine what was thrown at this kid from from Nick Saban to the, you know, the people in that area to the, uh, you know, Alabama boosters, the late night, you know, attempts to to flip, stuff like that. I I cannot imagine what that guy had to go through, what that kid had to go through, uh, and he stuck with us. And I'm sorry that I ever doubted it. I'm sorry that I ever doubted uh, Perry. I'm sorry that I I ever tried to act like I wasn't worried and lied. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I should not be allowed to be happy that when he balls out at Auburn. I shouldn't be allowed. So if he catches a touchdown pass, y'all just let me know. Hey, Charlie Five, you don't deserve to be happy for Perry Thompson. I'm going to be, but I don't deserve it. Well, I do not deserve. We do not deserve Perry Thompson. Let me just go ahead and let me just say say that, say that. So, um, I, I'm just I, I'm I'm probably more excited about him than than anybody. Like I said, he started it off, and you don't start him off. You're not starting off with somebody that's just uh, an average player. Uh, you're talking about one of the best players in the state, five star wide receiver. Who is uh, who could play multiple positions on the football field? Who could be an All-American safety? Who could be a uh, All-SEC linebacker? This is the guy you're going to have going up against six-foot, 190-pound DBs, absolutely destroying them. You're talking about a full-grown man wide receiver who can run a sub-four-five. Cl- he claims four-three. Him and Cam Coleman raced. Uh, on Instagram live he can absolutely fly uh uh in a 6'3 200, and 200 plus pound just behemoth wide receiver like it's you're talking air, i mean NFL type body as a as a true freshman he is going to be so incredibly special uh a guy that can uh, go get your uh, 50-50 balls and a guy that can run a slip screen and take it to the house. Uh, so um, I am I am just so proud that, that he was able to do – he was able to withstand uh, the pressure and he was able to uh, ride it out. And he basically got this wave going. Uh, he was one of the best recruiters, the biggest recruiters that we had. He was the one after, you know, the Malcolm Simmons – the after the uh the you know the Bryce Kane committed before him but he was the one that was in on j- the Jamonta Wallers. He is the one that's in on all these guys that he got uh you know that he got sort of hyped up around him. Um and I think we don't have the recruiting class anywhere near the recruiting class that we have if it's not for Perry Thompson. So uh Perry I'm I, I I'm so excited that you that you're you're joining this class and I'm sorry I ever doubted you. <laughs> so if, if you're listening out there, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. Um, looking forward so bad. He he's a late enrollee. He'll get here in summer. But God Almighty, he's going to be his. He's so physically mature. He is going to be ready to go. He doesn't necessarily. I don't think he necessarily needs a spring. It'd be great for him to be here, but I don't think he necessarily needs it to get in there. Uh, and make waves in the summer in the weight room in the throwing sessions, and then fall camp. You're going to have to tase him to keep him off the field. You're going to have to tranquilize this this child to keep him off the field. True definition of a hulking super teen. Perry Thompson cannot wait to see. Uh, cannot wait to see this kid uh, strap it up. Cannot wait. He. He gave us all a little bit of a heart attack at a ceremony today. He re- He did the old hat switch and then throw both hats down and rip open. Do the Cam Newton rip open the jersey? Um, that that took a little bit longer than I would have liked to see that jersey. So I had a little bit of a heart attack. But man, what a gr- what? Um, what else can you say? What else can you say about Perry Thompson? So where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Signing days over. Um, early signing days over. Pretty much you're done. Uh, there's there's obviously it's no secret, Ryan Williams is still out there. You may, you may take a look at what's left. Uh, there's gonna be some guys that didn't sign. There's not gonna be a ton of guys that are gonna be like mega high caliber, but there could be some guys where you do some big time evals overlooked. Uh, Diamond in the roughs. There could be, you know, a handful of those, uh, one or two you, it, it, that you could f- that you may find uh, during this dead period that you could pursue. But more than likely, I think we're probably done uh, on the high school level outside of Ryan Williams. We'll th- we won't stop. Uh, we won't stop pursuing Ryan until the ink dries uh, or, or he hits sin. I don't even know how they do it now. I don't know if you you. You do a docu sign. I don't know if you you do. I don't think you do the fax machine anymore. How whatever the the last second until that's submitted and official, we're going to be battling for Ryan Williams. But what's next? So right now, this is what I was. This is what I was trying to tell a lot of uh, a lot of people that were worried about the portal. Why aren't we having action in the portal? Well, the reason is because um, I've made this analogy before. But it's just like putting together a fantasy team, uh, a daily fantasy team, and, and you have a budget. Okay. And you cannot commit. We just, you just can't commit to these, these portal guys that are, that are, you know, overvaluing themselves that you probably could get. You probably could have gotten them. You can't go get them yet until you know how today shook out. And you know what's what's left. How you recalibrate your NIL uh, war chest uh, to move forward. But now that the dust is settled, now is when you can really, really start pushing. Uh, you had, <laughs> I think it was kind of an accident uh, that that it was that it was announced so early. But you already had one addition. On signing day yesterday, um, the Duke linebacker transfer, I can't pronounce his name, um, Hugh kind of leaked it. I don't want to say leaked it. I guess it was it was legit, um, but I don't know that the kid had made his announcement yet, um, but he had signed, so it was okay. As long as they're signed, you can say whatever. But uh, Hugh said it in his press con- uh, signing day press conference that we had just added, um, uh, linebacker from Duke, um, 31 starts, a uh, lot of lot of um experience not a guy that we're going to necessarily have to depend on uh to be the the main guy but basically i think you added a much more athletic uh higher end larry nixon type player uh Th- with with this guy. And um I've watched a little bit of his highlights. He played, he made some plays that made some plays that had a big interception against uh Clemson this year to sort of seal that game um uh this past this past season. Just guy that brings a ton of experience um and he was added right off the bat. Okay. So you've got three three portal commits. I think it's no secret. I think AJ Harris uh five star db transfer from georgia is going to be priority number 1 and then you're going to start seeing there's already been an offer go out for an uh a freshman um offensive uh offensive lineman from georgia that's gone into the portal uh he was a freshman this past season so he was a part of last year's class um he's in the portal so you're already starting to see offers go out there and i think that that's going to be the neck over the next week two weeks, you're going to see a lot of aggression on offers going out, on, uh, you know, communications going out. They can't quite visit yet. But just lining everything up to get ready for that first big weekend where visit, visitors can come in. That's the way it happened last year. I remember last year when, uh, when the dead period lifted and we had like 12 portal guys the first weekend. And that's the way it went last year. And that's – That's the weekends we started to hit, start hitting the big players that we needed to fill out the roster. It's just that this year, some things – I feel like players sort of pulled the trigger a little bit quicker uh, at times. uh, And, you know, we weren't necessarily 100% ready to just give them the 100% green light because we didn't know how today was going to finish. You know, because there was a chance – Uh, I say today, there was a chance that yesterday that you had an opportunity, um, at least at some point in time, where you thought you were going to get, you know, three or four of the guys uh, uh, out of that five that you were trying to get on signing day. So that's that's going to be the next big wave, is going to be watching guys go in the portal uh, after their bowl games, um, watching guys that just finally decide they're ready to go ahead and pull the trigger uh, and get in. Um, and watch and see, watch offers go out, and watch and see um, the positions. Because I think offensive line is still a heavy, heavy need. If we can find that franchise guy at left tackle, which I said on the last show, or I said on Locked on Auburn, I still think Elijah Pritchett is going to be out there eventually. Uh, The the five-star offensive tackle who went in the portal, then went out of the portal from Alabama, I still think he's going to be out there um, eventually, or there's going to be guys, maybe not all the way quite of that caliber, but close to that caliber. Uh, I still think you need to add, um, I, I think you probably still need to add a, a big time outside wide receiver, you know, just so you're not completely just 100% freshman uh, going into next year. So you're not completely throwing them into the fire uh, where they can, you know, at least sort of, have um a little bit of training wheels before they're just you know let go uh into college football so um obviously that you got aj harris maybe one more db um i think you're going to add two or want to add at least two more defensive linemen look out for Derek harman from michigan state um big uh big defensive lineman i think that's an uh, he's a very big high priority so again you're gonna add, you're look gonna be looking to add a couple of offensive linemen, a couple of defensive linemen, a, a receiver at least, um, and then uh, a couple of DBs, and you've already added your linebacker. And then the 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 million dollar question. The million dollar question is what happens at quarterback? I feel like the fan base is kind of torn here. Um, there's there's a, a, a big number that says Hey, we got to have somebody new. Go get a Cam Ward. Go get a uh, whoever. Go go get a quarterback. We got to have a quarterback. Um, and then there's some that are that say, "Hey, there's a lot to be said about having a year two in the same system. Uh, there's a lot to be said about um, you know not having to go back and start all over again. Uh, and there's a lot to be said about, hey, can we surround?" peyton thorn with and or and or holding garner if we surround them with more talent um more weapons and if we can protect them better um do we are we better served to do that than overspend on a one-year rental quarterback so i don't know the answer to that i feel like right now that it's peyton it's going to be a peyton thorn and holding garner battle in spring and you may if if You know the winner, the if if the winner of that uh, causes the loser to to leave after spring, you may go look and try to bring in a you know a a veteran guy in spring that could possibly be a backup or compete. So um, I don't I really don't know where I land. I I kind of feel like I land on uh, just rolling with it uh, with all the success we've had, rolling with Thorne and rolling with Holden again. And just if as long as we really, really get, get aggressive um, and go in and find him at least one more big time receiver uh, to complement Robert Lewis uh, and to complement Rivaldo Fairweather and maybe go get you a, at least one big time left tackle if that affords you to be able to go get you a big time left tackle that again slides uh, slides um, Dylan Wade inside and then you have a what you feel like could be a mega competitive ultra competitive. Uh, offensive line, and you know what you got in the running back room. So so what's next after this this historic signing day? It's portal season, baby. It never ends. So recruiting goes straight into portal, goes straight back into recruiting, goes straight back into portal, uh, and uh, it just never ends. And it's just like it, portal season could sometimes can be more fun than recruiting because it goes so fast. You don't drag it out. It doesn't get drug out for months, and you have to wait and wait and wait uh, they're going to be ready to blow and go as soon as the dead period's lifted and they can start getting on campus again. So, good news is I'm going to keep you up to date. I'm going to keep you in the loop as best I can, uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have fun throughout the whole thing, uh, guys. I, I wish I could I wish I would have been doing this all year, you know, to be be, be building this uh, building all the way up to this crescendo of signing day. But you know what? Um, we're going to have a blast regardless moving forward. So uh, again, thanks for listening. Um, Thanks for subscribing. Subscribe to the YouTube. Give me a like on the YouTube. It helps in the, uh, you know, the search and the algorithms, uh, all that good stuff uh, and help us grow so we can continue to pump out uh, great content, uh, Auburn content and bug out for you guys. So thanks again. This has been episode five. Don't forget to check out, uh, active wealth management, holler at Ford Stokes. Uh tell him tell him I sent him sent you and uh tell him War Eagle. Uh and we will catch you on Tuesday. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh stay buttoned.